G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. G'day and welcome to today's 2020 podcast. I'm Matt Gees and on today's program, Neil Johnson spoke to Lindsay and Barbara Fell. They are the founders of the Second Wind Network. At what age are you too old to participate in the Great Commission? Now, Jesus gave some final instructions to his followers, saying, go into all the world and make disciples. And it's been a great motivation for believers to forge the global growth of the Christian faith. But is missionary work the domain of young people alone? Or is life experience more valuable on the mission field in countries all over the world? Lindsay and Barbara Fell founded the Second Wind Network when they returned from a mission trip to Cambodia and it's been going from strength to strength ever since. They spoke to Neil about a second wind that might just lead you to new opportunities in mission. Lindsay, to start with you, uh, one of the founders of the Second Wind Network, what's the inspiration by uh, reaching out to people who are in their 40s, 50s and 60s and saying you're not a, a spent force yet, there's plenty of opportunity left in you to actually be involved in mission? Well, it's twofold. First of all, we realise that most mission uh, mobilisation or recruitment is geared at the 18 to 35 age group, which you can understand. But if the 40s, 50s and 60s and upwards, if they're healthy, if they are not recruited for mission, then half the workforce is missing. And this age group has got so much to give, you know, life experience, job skills, Christian maturity, that, shall we say, younger people probably don't have. That's right. And while some people might argue that people in their 40s, 50s and 60s might lack some of the vigour and energy of a younger person, as you say, uh, what they make up for in uh, in, in those skills they might not have, uh, they're bringing a whole life experience to the opportunity. Yes, and in sharing the gospel, particularly cross-culturally, having those life skills and people skills is really important. And that's that's where the rubber really hits the road. Yes, admittedly, we don't, may not have the same amount of energy, but let's hope that the wisdom that we have more than compensates. And Barbara, when you and Lindsay took on this project and you said, OK, we're going to be running the Second Wind Network, uh, was this a life change for you? Were you doing other things in careers and you said, OK, we need to do something here to mobilise this age group? We really were, yes. Lindsay was working for the University of Queensland um, in a senior administrative role and so for him that was a big change. I had done administrative work in tertiary education as well. At that particular point I was really taking a bit of time out anyway to hear what God was saying so I'd already made the jump. So making the jump it was something that you felt there was almost like a calling on your life. Uh, you said uh, we need to really make opportunities for people in their 40s, 50s and 60s. Uh, there's, an, there's, a, there's a void there that has to be filled. We actually said we need to make room for us um, and we need to go look for things for us because we'd reached that stage where our kids were out of the nest. Um, And in looking and making inquiries about what we personally could do, people started saying to us, oh, well, just send us some 
baby boomers or, you know, you could send us someone. We don't have anybody to send anywhere. But but it became apparent that that's what God was actually saying to us. You know, we could actually start to use that time of our lives to put something together and we both had administrative skills that we could use to, to go down that um, road. Where were you, Lindsay, when you started to hear those things from people? Uh, you know, send us over a few baby boomers. Where were you when you actually, because if you were there actually doing something, serving in mission, uh, how old were you? Where were you? And and you recognised that, wow, there's lots of opportunities here. Well, it was I was 56. We were in Cambodia. We had gone to research the opportunities for ourselves and maybe taking teams from our church. And we were sitting talking with the director of the Tear Fund there in Phnom Penh. And he said, you know, we don't really want teams. We want couples like yourself. We want, we value their maturity. There are any number of jobs that they could do here during the day. And we will really value spending time with them in the evenings and in our off time. Just, just talking and, and benefiting from their maturity and insight. How long did it take for the, the cogs to start uh, moving in, and saying, well, you know, actually, we've got some friends who could be doing this, and then actually uh, creating a list of people you thought you might like to target uh, in those initial days? Uh, you know, this wasn't something that you really had to think a lot about. It just came to you. Um, it was a process. When we came back to Australia after that uh, research trip, we shared with our church, the people in our church, we shared with our friends, and very soon two of those couples said, oh, if you can do it, we'll do it. And one of them was actually um, Phil Dunn from <laughs> Vision Radio. Everyone who, knows Phil. Yes, uh, yeah. he, headed, he and his wife headed off for China for a six-month period because of what we'd done. And it was at that point we began to realize that this is what God was calling us into, that, that yes, we, we could go ourselves. We were actively pursuing links with um, an organization in Southeast Asia. And we really felt God saying, yes, you can go, or will you stay and multiply yourselves? And Barbara, there's a certain sort of uh, a spectrum that people are on when it comes to missions. Uh, there are those who would never even have even thought that they could go or would go, and those who are a little uh, further along the, the track and they're a little bit more warmed up, and then there might be others who are sort of ready and red hot, ready to actually take an opportunity. Uh, the ones who respond, whereabouts are they, do you think, on that spectrum? They're all of them, and and we always say that um, it's a process. We we know that it's going to take a while to get. For some people, it takes longer, but some people are ready to go, um, and they didn't realise it. So you might get somebody that's at the at the beginning of that, that's saying, "Well, I think God is speaking to me, but I don't know what to." I mean, I might not be involved in mission, and you drop it in front of them, and they say, "Well, you know, we could actually do that. I'd never thought of." of being involved in mission, but that's a possibility. And the lights go on and they start to get excited, which is wonderful. And other people are, as you said, further down the down the road and they're ready to embrace it because they've done some of that processing in their own heads. Um, uh, what, what's best? Uh, the people who really go through a, a process of thinking through the issues, counting the cost, uh, or that person who says almost impulsively, oh, give me some information, I'll have a look at it, maybe we'll give that a go. I don't think there's one that's better than the other. It's just how God deals with you as an individual um, and you respond to the Holy Spirit um, in your own way. 
for all of us, our faith is expressed somehow differently. So there's no good or better way to do it so long as you're doing what the Holy Spirit is leading you to do and you end up in the place where he wants you to be. And the exciting thing is that in the time that you've been operating the Second Wind Network, there's now a 100 people who you've been involved in helping them to understand that right information and get some legs on a vision and now are serving in mission. Lindsay... When we talk about missions, uh, you know, all sorts of images come to different people in different ways. Uh, but really, when it comes down to it, there is a serious need for people to respond in mission, to take this message of the gospel to people who might never hear unless someone goes. That's very true, Neil. There are something like three billion people on our planet who will never have the opportunity to even hear once about Jesus unless someone is prepared to go across a cultural barrier to tell them. And many of these people, their representatives of those people groups, are here in Australia right now as students, as workers, as asylum seekers and refugees. So whereas many people might be sort of a bit leery of going overseas, they can make the initial contacts here. But the, it's it's just so vital. that I mean, this is what Jesus wants. He wants people everywhere to have the opportunity to hear. That's God's plan. That's God's purpose. It will be fulfilled. But he's given it the task to his church to go and tell them. When you say three billion, uh, the number is mind-boggling. It's mm-hmm. too big to even imagine uh, because really it, it comes down to those people serving in mission actually perhaps going to a village uh, or a, a town. And uh, really it takes an awful lot of people to actually put a dent in the sorts of numbers you're talking about. Yes, but one of the things that people in their 40s to 60s can be actively involved in is in training and supporting national churches who may be better placed to do a lot of this work in their own countries. But we can have an active supporting role in training, in support, and in supporting agency, working with agencies who are out there on the front lines. But as I said also, there are countless opportunities here in Australia with people from other ethnic and cultural backgrounds. And, of course, uh, reaching out to people in our own backyard, even though they're coming from different cultures, different ethnic backgrounds, that in itself is like a a training ground before you actually jump on a plane and go overseas. Yes, it certainly is. It's a good way of testing the waters, of learning the skills of communicating cross-culturally, learning what some of the pitfalls are, and checking just, you know, what what group or what country, wherever God's putting on your heart, he really wants you to be serving. Barbara? It's also a really good way to find out when the missions is for you. You know, you, we, can, we can sometimes have a, um, a wrong kind of view about this is all going to be exciting and romantic and oh, I've always wanted to do this. And yet when you actually get hands-on, maybe it isn't quite what you thought it was. But if you volunteer to help with a local group of refugees that might be through your TAFE or your local newspaper or something, you can go and give it a go before you pay lots of money for a visa and an airline ticket and all the other things. That preparation time is going to be so important because, Mm -hmm. as you say, you're you're finding your feet. You're discovering whether you can communicate cross-culturally and that obviously is one of the most important and foundational things you'd need to know. Yes, yes, I think you've got to know in your, you've got to know that you're doing what God wants you to do and that you're hearing God the right way. I mean, if you're like me, you don't always hear God accurately. <laughs> <laughs> Funny that. 
<laughs> Let's talk about the sorts of skills that would be useful on the mission field because, you know, I might be thinking, oh, well, uh, what missionaries do is they go and uh, and they stand up in front of a group of people and, and they preach the gospel. Uh, but being a part of a mission team or uh, in a missionary opportunity, it's not necessarily an upfront thing. It's not like you're uh, perhaps going to uh, stand up in front of a stadium of 20,000 people and have to speak. Uh, what are the special skills that people uh, utilize to actually serve in mission? Well, you know, Neil, people ask us that question all the time, and there are only a very tiny little number of jobs or backgrounds where you could say, no, that really isn't relevant. So, for example, you could be a hairdresser that wants to work with prostitutes that are coming out of, you know, like like the girls in Bangkok or, you know, Phnom Penh or somewhere like that. What does a hairdresser do in mission? Well, they get alongside of people and they talk to them. What does she do in Australia? They get alongside people and they talk to them. Um, you could be like um, Jim, who was an agriculturalist who went to Africa and helped um, train the local people in planting and bringing acacia seeds. You could be a physiotherapist. You could be um, a cake decorator doing something with um, a church that has um, working with, with those same girls that are coming out of prostitution in Phnom Penh to help give them a skill and something that can reach out into their community once they know once they know Jesus. I mean, there are so many things. But then there are always some really top-line ones that are really very important and needed all the time, and one of those is teachers. And we can talk about from kindergarten through to university and every shade of teacher, whether it's special ed or librarianship or anything across that whole spectrum. There are so many children that need education, but also missionary kids that if they know that their parents, if their parents know that the kids are happy and getting a decent education while they're out there, then they'll stay. If they have any misgivings about the education that their kids are is having, they'll come home and put them into school in Australia. So teachers are just absolutely critical. But teachers need to be available for at least a full semester. Mm. It's not something you can do for three weeks. Lindsay, when it comes to these gifts, you're taking what you've got and you're moving into a community, you're working alongside people. Uh, that working aspect is very important, isn't it, for building the relationship and building trust to be able to share these important issues of faith. Yes, because and that's where being over 40 isn't a distinct advantage because by the time you've been in the workforce for 20 or 30 years, you've had to learn quite a variety of people skills, as you would well know too. And those those are subconsciously employed in in communicating and in working with people in, in another environment. So those those people skills are really critical. The other thing that really is vital that the people who who get involved in mission have a heart to see the lost reached, whether they're actively involved in evangelism or whether they're supporting those that are. But that's the key thing that's got to be in your heart. Otherwise, you'll give up. Now, you guys have a fabulous website, uh, the Second Wind Network uh, website. There are lots of things on there. There are articles. There is the stories of people. Uh, Barbara, when people go to your website, they're able to access that sort of information and get a bit of an idea what's uh, what's expected of someone who's in their 40s, 50s or 60s getting involved in mission. Yes, there's an incredible amount of, of stuff there and we designed it to be a place where people could go and do research so that we've deliberately put material there that is 
that style of material. We've also put lots and lots of links to things and we have books that people can read. But the most, probably the most important part of it that we, we kind of really want people to engage with is the part where they can put in a profile. They can go, just like any other introduction agency, um, works. We've got an introduction agency for, for mission where we work with um, about 30 different mission agencies who put in their profiles about where they work and what they do and what kind of people they're looking for and all the matching questions for the individual people who want to go and do that. And then they doesn't get fo- get processed by us or go anywhere. It's just all done automatically online. They just submit it at the end and they should get back a list of mission agencies who would be interesting for them to contact. And, Lindsay, there's a reason why you called the Second Wind Network, uh, and it's because you're not really a recruitment agency. You're not trying to uh, uh, to rope people in. Uh, you're actually wanting to link people uh, to the opportunity that fits their skills so that they can respond with what's already in their heart about serving God. That's right. It's We see ourselves as a network of individuals, um, churches who may be interested, and the sending organisations who, they're the ones that have got the pathways into mission. And we you know, we want to help people link with those opportunities. Because when we were looking ourselves, we did not find it easy to find, uh, you know, where where do you start? So we endeavour to make it much easier for others. And in fact, our website is unique in Australia in that it has a whole list of different agencies with a whole lot of different um, opportunities that people can compare and contrast and can, can do the research all in one place. And Barbara, when people go to your website, uh, because you've got these links with so many different mission organisations and different denominations, you can fit people with the sort of uh, faith background that they might have and perhaps even into those mission situations. Absolutely. So there are various different organisations and, and, and it's interesting for people to learn that not all mission agencies are the same. <laughs> but they have they come from a different, slightly different theological basis like our denominations do or they have a particular interest that they want to serve in an area of social justice or they want to do something in education. So it's really worth doing the, doing the research to find out where you fit. Well, you guys have a wonderful ministry. It's called the Second Wind Network. I'll give you the website. It's www.secondwind.net.au. Lindsay and Barbara Fell are the founders of the Second Wind Network. You can make contact with Lindsay and Barbara and you can check out what's there. It's www.secondwind.net.au. Lindsay and Barbara, thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. Thanks for the opportunity. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.